all in all because all is related to everything else and everything is part of the all. A weekly space on Oneness Talk Radio to explore topics of interest for our whole being. Holism, health and well-being, philosophical questions and ideas for our times, and much more. All in All with Silvana Spano, therapist, holistic health coach, healer, and teacher. Greetings, everyone. I hope you had a good week. I really hope so. But I do want to acknowledge that the energy of October 2019 has been very intense, to say the least. And this is evident around the world. We know because our clients are spread all over the planet. And we can tell how much people are going through at a personal and collective level. It seems like now, more than ever, we're being called to process really uncomfortable situations of the past or the present. It's all good in terms of our capacity to recognize, face, integrate, and transmute a lot of things. But it's challenging, no doubt. In fact, it's not for the faint of heart. In many cases, it seems like we have no choice or there's no better choice than looking at what comes up straight in the face. Invariably, this means confronting ourselves. There's a doctor I follow for his knowledge and also for inspiration, Dr. Peter Osborne in the US. And he says, you will not find health in the bottom of a pill bottle. All you need to do to find it is look in the mirror and speak the truth to yourself. I found that on his website and I put it on my automatic signature under my emails for a while. And this is very related to today's subject of discussion, which is the issue known in naturopathic and other alternative or natural health circles as adrenal fatigue. Have you heard of it? So some of the questions we are going to explore today are, is it real? How can it possibly be so widespread that many people who consult alternative health professionals are being told that they have adrenal fatigue or adrenal fatigue syndrome these days? What is adrenal fatigue? What causes it? And what can we do about it? Okay, so in answer to my first rhetorical question, yes, adrenal fatigue is very real. And how can it possibly be so widespread? Well, it's obviously an environmental or lifestyle issue. For so many people to be experiencing the symptoms of adrenal depletion and hypofunction, it has to be something that we are doing as a collective that is an evolutionary mismatch to who we are. So we're going to look at that today, for sure. So what is adrenal fatigue? Adrenal fatigue is the depletion of the adrenal glands, which are two tiny but very important glands in our endocrine system that are literally attached 
to our kidneys, right above them, one on each side. Now, the endocrine system works as a whole, so when one hub, one center or gland is affected, it affects the whole network. However, there's still such a thing as one gland being more affected than others. And for some people, for a lot of people, the adrenal glands are very, very depleted, tired or fatigued. And guess why this happens? It happens when they are overused, when the demand is greater than the ability of the glands to keep up with what we're asking of them. So what do the adrenal glands do? The adrenal glands are these two amazing little glands that take care of a lot of things. One of the most important hormones they produce is called DHEA, all in capital letters, which is a master hormone out of which many other hormones are produced right there in the same glands, including sex hormones such as estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and more, and also stress hormones, which are vital for our survival and our capacity to function. And these include cortisol and adrenaline. Now, let me tell you about a doctor, a specialist in what's called adrenal fatigue syndrome, who wrote the book with the same name, a very large and comprehensive book on the subject. His name is Dr. Michael Lamb. He lives in the US, he's a medical doctor, and together with his wife, who's also a doctor, came to specialize in this combination of symptoms that make up the condition known as adrenal fatigue syndrome or AFS. So what I'm going to share with you next comes either from his website or from his book, which is as big as a Bible. I'll start by describing the symptoms and signs of adrenal fatigue syndrome. And of course, you don't have to have them all. Even just a handful of them could indicate that you are suffering from the condition. The signs and symptoms come out of an infographic image from Dr. Lam's website. And as you'll see, they are very varied and they can also overlap with other conditions or be signs of a different condition. So everything I talk about in this program is for educational purposes only. And I highly recommend that you check with a health professional if you are experiencing any of these issues. So some of the symptoms include unexplained hair loss, high frequency of getting the flu or other respiratory diseases, feeling lightheaded when rising from a horizontal position, palpitations, dry and or thin skin, alternating between constipation and diarrhea, frequent indigestion, a tendency to gain weight, in a hard time losing weight, especially around the waist, pain in the upper back or neck with no clear reason, memory problems, lethargy and lack of energy, hypoglycemia, so bouts of low blood sugar, 
and mild depression. And that's the end of that list. But in our experience, is the presence of some of those symptoms combined with some blood test results that your health professional should send you for that can confirm if you are in a state of adrenal fatigue or not. The main two blood markers that need to be checked are DHEA and cortisol levels. However, whoever's looking at those results needs to understand adrenal fatigue syndrome as described by Dr. Lam, who specializes in it. And I should say that at this time, adrenal fatigue has not yet been recognized by mainstream medicine. And therefore, most conventional physicians have not been taught anything about it in medical school. How can this be? Well, it usually takes many years, sometimes decades, for mainstream medicine to recognize conditions that some of their renegade physicians or their pioneers are trying to bring to the attention of the whole profession. That's the way it is. So you need to know that because at this time, it's very difficult for people suffering from adrenal fatigue or adrenal burnout to get proper validation and assistance from a lot of health professionals who don't understand the condition and may even misdiagnose it. Let me be clear that adrenal fatigue is not adrenal insufficiency. They are two different things. So if a doctor is looking for an extreme form of adrenal dysfunction, such as you can see in Addison's disease and Cushing's disease, but they don't find it, they may come to the conclusion that there's nothing there. And yet, when you deviate as little as 15% from the optimal when it comes to adrenal function, it can be a sign of AFS. So insufficiency, which is what doctors are trained to look for, comes from damage to the adrenal glands, usually because of autoimmune diseases that attack them. But hypofunction is due to fatigue, or in other words, overuse of the adrenal glands. And fortunately, with a good understanding of what's happening and a good approach, most people recover from it really well if they take it seriously and support the body the way it needs to be supported. So now let's take a look at what causes adrenal fatigue syndrome. What causes AFS is chronic stress. And by that, I mean any stressor that your body is exposed to on a consistent basis and leave the nervous system and the endocrine system feeling very unsafe. So here's a list of causes. It comes from Dr. Lamb's material, and then I'll add a few more afterwards that I see all the time. Here I go. An unhealthy diet overconsumption of sugar, refined carbs and processed foods, food sensitivities such as to gluten or dairy, a sedentary life, excessive exercise, 
feelings of anger, fear, guilt, shame, depression, and any other extreme emotional states. Chronic psychological stress, chronic pain, exposure to toxins, chronic infections, injury, surgery, sleep disorders, chronic fatigue, chronic illness, consumption of alcohol and or other drugs, certain medications, chronic dental infections, exposure to toxins, poor blood sugar control, malabsorption of nutrients, digestive issues, and excessive caffeine intake, or a combination of some of the above. And I'd like to add a few that I see often, and they are time constraints, financial stress, and relationship stress, all or any of which can result in adrenal fatigue syndrome. Now, before we move on, I'd like to distinguish the condition known as adrenal fatigue syndrome from another condition known as chronic fatigue syndrome, or CFS. So these two are related mainly due to the fatigue, the tiredness, which in the case of chronic fatigue syndrome can be overwhelming exhaustion. With adrenal fatigue, it can vary depending on the severity of the issue and the stage of the syndrome, but they have that in common. And the fatigue can be physical and or mental. However, the causes of chronic fatigue syndrome are a generalized inflammatory process that starts in the gut, neurological changes, and or mitochondrial depletion. In other words, serious fatigue at the cellular level, that is at the level of all the cells in the body. While adrenal fatigue syndrome, which is our subject for today, is more about the adrenal glands being burnt out from overuse. So having said that, we're gonna continue to focus on adrenal fatigue syndrome which is actually much more common than chronic fatigue syndrome. So the adrenals are part of several circuits or axes in the body, but the main one you need to know about is called the HPA axis. This stands for the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis which is a relationship, it's a hormone cascade that is responsible for the release of cortisol from the adrenal glands. In other words, these glands pass on information to each other which results in the adrenal gland releasing cortisol as a response to stress. Now, it's important to understand that there are four phases of adrenal exhaustion so that somebody who's on the first phase, known as phase A, as in the letter A, will be in a state of chronic but single system dysfunction. So most people will be exhausted after, say, a full day of work, but the problem is kind of contained to just that department. 
phase B, the second phase, is the multiple endocrine axis dysfunction. And this is when another axis, another relationship becomes affected. And that is the adrenal thyroid axis in men and the ovarian adrenal thyroid axis in women. The next stage, phase C, is known as the disequilibrium stage. And it's when the body becomes severely compromised in trying to maintain balance. And most of the time, people cannot maintain activity for more than 12 hours at the most. And the rest of the time, they're truly exhausted and not able to function. The last stage, phase D, is called near failure. And even though the adrenal glands are not anatomically damaged, and we don't call it insufficiency, at this stage, the body continues to downregulate the amount of cortisol needed in order to preserve what is on hand for only the most essential of body functions, as Dr. Lamb explains. In other words, the adrenal glands are now barely functioning, making very little cortisol, while at the beginning, in the first stages of adrenal fatigue, the body is actually producing too much cortisol until it gets so tired that it doesn't have resources to produce even normal amounts anymore. Because of this, it's really important that whoever's looking at the whole picture understands the situation, as cortisol that is too high or too low could both mean adrenal fatigue syndrome at different stages. Before we get into the solutions, let's discuss a couple of other issues that are often seen together with adrenal fatigue syndrome. The first one is something known as estrogen dominance. So estrogen dominance means that the person has too much estrogen in relation to the other sex hormones that they produce. And of course, this is much more common in women, but men are not exempt from this, especially nowadays. So the question is, why is it so common to see both adrenal fatigue syndrome and estrogen dominance? This is because the stress hormone cortisol is chemically made from progesterone. So the adrenal glands make DHEA, the master hormone, which is then converted, some of it, into other hormones. In this biochemical conversion, estrogen and progesterone are some of the new hormones to be made. But that's not everything. When the body needs cortisol, the stress hormone, it takes mainly progesterone molecules to make it. So think about it. When there's a high demand for the body to make cortisol, all the time, the progesterone supply gets depleted, leaving the estrogen in the body unopposed. In other words, too high for the amount of progesterone left to utilize. And that is what's called estrogen dominance. Now, what's the problem with estrogen dominance? 
Well, let's see. There's definitely some issues associated with estrogen dominance. And remember that it's a matter of ratio, not just necessarily of the amount of estrogen present. Some symptoms associated with estrogen dominance include PMS, endometriosis, cervical dysplasia, breast cancer, uterine fibroids, and overweight. Just quickly, there's ways of lowering estrogen naturally, and that includes a diet that is tailored for that, which includes lots of fiber and specific vegetables that bind the excess estrogen and take it out of circulation, etc. Minimizing exposure to hormone disruptors such as plastics, like plastic water bottles, is also very important, as well as avoiding things like styrofoams, pesticides, cosmetic products that are full of xenoestrogens or artificial estrogens, cadmium in the environment, cigarettes, oral contraceptives, and also, guess what? Avoiding chronic stress. One more condition associated with adrenal fatigue syndrome, and then we'll get into some solutions. So the next condition I want to mention is hypothyroidism, which is actually related to both estrogen dominance and adrenal fatigue. So the three of them are often found together. It's not fair, but women are much more likely to suffer from some or all three of the conditions I just mentioned. When it comes to hypothyroidism, we women are actually 10 times more prone to developing the condition than men are. Not surprising, is it, when we think about those axes, those relationships, those cascades of hormones that happen in the endocrine system over areas of the brain, the adrenals, the thyroid, the ovaries which are obviously very much related. So, what can we do about it? Let's start with stress management, because this is key when it comes to adrenal as well as thyroid health. When a person is chronically stressed, in addition to those hormone-producing axes being disrupted, other things happen. I'll give you an example. The liver's ability to process and eliminate excess estrogen is also impacted, adding to the estrogen dominance problem. Another example is that stress weakens the intestinal lining, causing leaky gut. And that can cascade into all sorts of issues including with hormone production, making the situation a total vicious circle. And I could go on and on with examples about what stress does. So it's really important that we find ways of managing and reducing stress. And for that, we'll have to prioritize our lives very carefully and perhaps seek support from friends, from family, from professionals, learn techniques that help us reduce stress, 
I have already mentioned emotional freedom technique in another episode as being one of my most favorite techniques for reducing stress. So that is point number one in my list of what we need to do to address the specific causes of adrenal fatigue. So that even if you suspect that you may have adrenal fatigue, even if it hasn't been confirmed, it's really important that you address stress reduction and management the best way you can. And this should be top of the list for any healing approach for the adrenals. Because no other interventions, such as diet and supplementation, no matter how good they are, can make up for the need for stress reduction. In fact, this is a common mistake that we see, that people will do everything else, but they are not really slowing down. They're not lightening their load. They are not doing less in their lives, lightening their pace. And when this happens, unfortunately, the condition continues to progress. Because what the body needs the most is to eliminate the stressors that caused the adrenal fatigue syndrome to begin with. And these stressors are almost always related to either doing too much physically, whether it's work or exercise or just activity nonstop, or emotional stressors, which can be internal from our own way of thinking that may not be supporting us or external from our circumstances, from our environment. Okay, recommendation number two on this list is that you do an adrenal function evaluation, which should also include thyroid, reproductive hormones panels, and more in order to understand what's really happening with your adrenal health. Now, the functional blood chemistry perspective is the best way to look at your panels in order to assess not just the individual markers in your blood, but also the patterns, the relationships between different markers, which often paint a picture. So, for example, as I was saying earlier, if someone's DHEA is found to be low, and their cortisol is found to be high, it will indicate to the practitioner that they are in an earlier stage of adrenal fatigue than if, for example, their DHEA is low and their cortisol is also low. That is not all there is to it, but I think you get the picture. Number three on my list of recommendations is an adrenal fatigue diet or way of eating, which is designed to alleviate stress on the adrenals, on the thyroid, and to deeply nourish and replenish the body, including the nervous and endocrine systems. Number four is getting enough sleep and enough rest. And this needs to include periods of time when one is doing nothing or doing only things one enjoys. Meditation is also very beneficial. Doing the right kinds of physical exercise only. 
as not every kind of physical exercise is created equal, especially when it comes to adrenal fatigue. And I'll give you a couple more. Health coaching from a holistic perspective, it's very beneficial, especially for this issue, as well as emotional counseling and energy work. Last but not least for this episode is the rice supplements, which a practitioner experienced in adrenal fatigue syndrome needs to recommend specifically for you and monitor you with. Of course, we could talk for a long, long time about this big and very relevant subject nowadays. But I hope you enjoyed the tips. For me, it's always a pleasure being here. So many, many blessings and until next time. Thank you for listening to today's program. I wish you a week ahead filled with blessings for your body, heart, and soul. And hope that you tune into All in All next time. If you're bilingual or learning Spanish, I invite you to stay on and listen to the Spanish version of this episode. Coming up next, ciao!